Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Hey girl, I wanted to introduce you to our latest brand partners here at Unscripted, JFF, Journey to Financial Freedom. If you've ever felt like your finances are the thing that is holding you back from truly reaching your potential, then let me introduce you to these guys. They help online coaches, consultants, and the likes of us organize and streamline your entire financial world. By doing so, they give you the clarity and empowerment you crave to confidently scale your empire. Not only do they help you shoot for that dream life, but they've got this unique blend of tactical and emotional financial strategies. They dive deep, addressing money at an emotional level because they know it's those underlying beliefs and behaviors that can keep us stuck. They're passionate about transforming your relationship with money by aligning your deep-seated beliefs with those big, dreamy goals. So with JFF, you're not just achieving financial mastery, you're reshaping your entire mindset for success and empowerment. They have a vision beyond the numbers. They believe that with a solid grip on your finances, you can turn your business into a force of good, making a lasting mark on the causes close to your heart. Imagine not only achieving your financial goals, but also creating waves of positive change in your community and beyond. So how are you vibing with your finances lately? Let's level it up together and make an impact. Jump in with JFF and bring those dreams to life. If you want to hear a little bit more, tune into episode 234 with the girl, the hype girl, Steph, who we dropped in and shared a little bit about my backstory and my finance trauma and all the things in between and why I am jumping in and becoming a part of the JFF family. And you can too. Now let's jump into today's episode. Ooh, welcome back to the show. I'm really excited for today's guest because I was sharing with her right before we hit record after some technical difficulties, because, you know, why would that not happen to me? As always, I, I feel like tech is my greatest challenge and it's going to be my biggest teacher. But I'm I'm in the season right now where this is very important at my age as the highly ambitious woman, as someone who's got a lot on her plate, but but wants to be able to take care of myself at a level that's going to feel like I can sustain all of this. So Dr. Laura is here to share with us some amazing stuff that you can use to support yourself and your life, especially if you're like us and you listen to the show and you got a lot of things that you still want to accomplish in life. So Dr. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I have been so looking forward to this conversation. I just love what your podcast is all about. Thank you. It's been fun. I think transitioning is something that we don't talk enough about and we don't allow ourselves to go through the process of ebbing and flowing and changing. And I was having a conversation with my girlfriend the other day around like losing old identities around maybe who you used to be or how you identified yourself as I am this or this is what I do. You know, it could be I'm a mom or I'm a hairdresser or I'm a doctor or I only talk about this. Like people know you for something. And it's it's interesting when you're moving through different seasons, how you have to be able to support yourself in such foundational ways in order to keep pushing through. Like I had to reach in the cupboard of supplements this morning to like get my mind right to know that I could like show up as my highest version of myself to bring the energy to do this podcast. And I think not enough people give themselves the time to educate themselves on what they could be doing to show up better for themselves. And so I know you're here to talk to us a little bit about this. You're a functional medicine health strategist who specializes in women's health and particularly working with people that are high performing or who are like really ambitious. So can you speak to us a little bit about your story and how you got involved with exactly what it is you're doing now? 
I'd love to. I'm I'm nodding along, listening to you talking about transitions and identities. I'm like, yes, this is very relatable in my life. <laughs> See, isn't it funny how that always kind of works out? Yeah, and I, I had a very roundabout way of getting to where I am now. Like, I didn't wake up at age seven and be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, a functional medicine health strategist for female, like, I, I don't know. I wanted to be like a marine biologist or something when I was Everybody did, like, right? Yeah. Right? Anyone who grew up in the Lisa Frank era, like marine biologist all the way. So, Wait, is that where that came from? I was wondering. I think I so. Wanted. Okay. That makes right? Sense. All that like that any of your younger listeners are like, who's Lisa Frank? I'm just aging myself right now. <laughs> no, I'm with you. So yeah, my story actually started when I was back in high school. My mom, her identical twin, and my older sister actually all got diagnosed with thyroid cancer within like a year of each other. And my nerdy little brain was like, ooh, they're all related and they're all related to me. I want to learn more about this because what if I get it? So I actually fully intended to go to college and study cancer research, particularly looking at genetics. For me, that was just fascinating. I had this family connection. It was super important to me. I went off to Cornell University my first week there, found a job in a research lab, promptly found it. I hated being in a research lab. It's like by myself all the time at night. Every PhD student I talked to was like, don't do this. The pay's terrible and we're miserable. So I'm like, oh, well, that's not very promising. So the next obvious step is patient care. Okay, I'll figure out and become a doctor. A couple things happened right during that time. One was I had my own health crisis. I got diagnosed in college with Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune thyroid issue. So again, that was thyroid connection. And I maybe I'm a little stubborn, but when you're 20 years old and a doctor's like, oh, this is going to be a problem for you for life. Here's a medication. You have to take it forever. I was like, wait, wait, hold on. Like, I'm only 20. I'm supposed to feel energized and alive and, you know, do all these things. And you're telling me I'm going to be tired and overweight and all these crappy symptoms forever unless I take this pill. Like, tell me more about it. Um and I kind of started looking into things on my own, learning about nutrition and gut health and all these like, stress, all these things that could be contributing. And I kind of decided, all right, well, how do I how do I learn more about this? So I actually, towards the end of being in college, my mom took me to see a functional medicine doctor. She was also a chiropractor who I spent like an hour with the woman and she knew all these things about me without me like telling her. She's like, oh, you don't sleep. You drink way too much coffee. You're really stressed out, aren't you? And I was like, did you know this? And it really was by her powers of observation and what she'd been trained in terms of functional medicine to look at when someone came to her with symptoms like fatigue, like weight gain, like hair loss. And the best part about it was she was like 55 and loved her job. So I was like, all right, sign me up. I'm going to do what this lady does. Off to chiropractic school I went, learned that that was not where I could get my entire functional medicine education. So I also got my master's in clinical nutrition studied with the Institute for Functional Medicine and Academy for Anti-Aging Medicine and kind of started blending all these pieces together, like physical body, nutrition, mindset, stress, gut health, and really helped heal myself from Hashimoto's during that process. So that's kind of what started my love of functional medicine. And I you know, worked in a brick and mortar on the East Coast for about seven or eight years. So talk about like identity transformation changes. Like I now work online as more of a strategist and a consultant for busy, driven female entrepreneurs and business owners, helping them look at all of these pieces, the hormones, the gut health, the stress levels, but not just helping them figure out what's wrong, but like, 
how do you live in a way that's a little more aligned with what your body needs so that we're not fighting our physiology all the time? And that's kind of just something that came being on this own journey of of my own was, okay, I know all these great functional medicine tools, but like I also have a busy life and a busy schedule and I don't have time or I don't want to make the time for these like crazy morning routines and thousands of supplements and all of these other areas. So for me, that's been a lot of like shifting to a new identity of like, I'm not in a clinic Dr. Laura anymore. Like now I'm your partner in health, like behind a screen, phone in your back pocket. And it's been a really cool transition into that one that I feel so confident in now. But sometimes I think like looking, we don't always look back and appreciate where we came from. And those were just stepping stones to like what I'm really supposed to be doing in life, which is this. So I had to be doing a lot of the mental and personal development work of how do I shift into this version of me that can show up and serve women in this way versus being that traditional doctor in a clinic we think of that has 20 minutes with a patient in and out, like not what I wanted for myself. So I was just thinking of that little journey when you were describing what it feels like transitioning career paths, everything else is, yeah, that's that's something that I think we don't always appreciate. Like, kind of like, oh, why could I not? Why could I not figure this all out from the beginning? But I don't know if I would have been here today doing what I'm doing if I didn't have that journey over the last 10, 15 years. Seriously, this is so like I always laugh at the universe when stuff like this happens because I you can feel very alone when you're on a journey like that, especially when what you were doing looks so amazing to everybody else where people are like why would you ever leave that like you work so hard to get there you're so good at something and don't worry this isn't the rabbit hole we're going to go down for this episode I really want to have her help shine some light on some things that might be an issue for you if you're listening right now and I have my own things that I I can maybe shed some light on that we can maybe dive into but I listened this morning to Keisha Get Married she has her Empower Her podcast if anybody listens knows I love Keisha and I actually listened to two episodes of hers. I think one was like a pep talk that she does. And the other one was a longer version of kind of the same topic. And she was talking about the seasons. Did you listen to that episode by any chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love okay. that podcast. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I, it, was just, it just came out yesterday. It was like a Monday drop. And then I, I heard a shorter version. And she was literally just talking about this, right? The journey of getting there. Like we we so want to skip the process and... When we're, we're in seasons where things feel like uncomfortable or hard or we don't really know what's going on, it's so confusing and we want to just hurry up and skip those steps so we don't feel that anymore or so we have more clarity or whatever. And um, it really helped me get my head back in the game this morning, especially with going through this, because I did expect things to be easier. I did expect to be, quote, here quicker or wherever that is. And <clears throat> you're right. Like what you just said, you wouldn't have gotten to this point, you wouldn't have learned that even functional medicine was what you wanted to do if you hadn't gone through all that other stuff. And so lately, I've been feeling a little frustrated and down with myself that I guess I don't know, I haven't even said this out loud, but like 22 years have gone by that I've not pushed myself to evolve into the next phase. But I was so blinded by or pressured by my by my myself letting other people say, well, but you're so good at that. And you'd be letting so many people down if you stop taking clients and your behind the chair business is, you know, your bread and butter and you've worked so hard to get here and all the stories. And it's caused a lot of added stress that I didn't really know what to do with. And I think this conversation is coming at a perfect time because maybe someone listening is going through a transition too that feels 
overly heavy and you're overly anxious about it. And Keisha talked a ton about how can we get excited about what's to come versus being anxious about not knowing the outcome or not being there yet, or maybe things not going the way you had hoped they go. Um, And that's why we need to work with people like you to help us through seasons like that, because you might all of a sudden get a diagnosis of something random and your doctor just give you a medication. I know plenty of people who are on various medications for all sorts of things, ranging from depression, anxiety, stress, sleep issues, like overweight issues, like you name it, there's, there's a pill for it. And luckily, my mom was like a a non-educated naturopathic versus my grandmother. We all had cancer, though. And so it's been something I've been like acutely aware of, like how I take care of my stress levels and what supplements I use and what foods I eat and all of the things. So let's let's dive into some of the things and the topics that are most common for women that come to you who are experiencing symptoms like from across the board. What are some things that are the most common? Yeah, I think there's like two layers to that answer. The first one is when people like, you know, people fill out their little intake form, they'll send me a message on Instagram and they'll say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Like not sleeping, need to lose some weight. Like I have no energy. I have brain fog. Sometimes they'll say that they have a lot of stress. Most often the women I work with actually don't even acknowledge the level of stress they have. They're so trained to just like push through, keep going. Like I will take care of me when I get a minute, but I have a thousand other things to do. Like they so, almost they almost laugh at the word stress. They're like, well, how can I be less stressed? Like I can't get rid of my kids. I can't get rid of my job. I have to do X, Y, Z. Like my, one of my best friends was diagnosed with some autoimmune issues. And the doctor, the doctor said, you're stressed. And she's like, well, I've got three kids in a business to run. So like, guess I'll just take the pill. And it was... Right. Yeah. And like, no, no one ever has been helped by someone saying like, oh, just stress less. Like, just just don't stress out. Like, I don't know. That's when someone says that to me, I feel like my blood pressure goes up. It's I'm like, like a, it's like, thank a, you. Yeah, it's like a man telling you to calm down. Like, it's like a good guy's like, just calm down. You're like, when has anyone ever calmed down being told to calm down? <laughs> right. So there's like, you know, these things that we feel are like these little creeping frustrations, tired, you know, not thinking as well, a little bit of extra weight, like, Maybe some of them have like some some hormone things like, oh, my cycle's a little wonky. Something's going on there. But when we kind of peel back that layer and start having these conversations of like, let's really talk what it feels like to be in your body right now. There's kind of this moment of pause. And it's like, I have no idea what it's like to be in my body. Like, I don't know what it's trying to tell me. I just know I feel like this and I need to get this shit done. So help me get there. So there's this step that as driven women, we tend to skip, which is all of those annoying, nagging little symptoms. Like your body is trying to tell you it needs something. You're promptly ignoring it because you're trying to like overly structure these other areas of your life. Whereas for women, like we don't necessarily thrive doing the same shit every single day, day after day. Like we are we are four different women throughout the course of the month. So so starting to listen, like, okay, yeah, I am tired. My brain's foggy. And I actually noticed that happens, like, not all the time, but certain weeks out of the month or when I have, like, a lot of super late nights in a row where I'm not sleeping well. It's like, okay, well, is it really that your brain's not working or is it that like, you need some sleep? Like, we got to just start with sleep. We don't immediately go for the, you know, whatever the next biohack is to to help speed it up. So there's that foundational piece. And then kind of once we cue you back into, oh, all right, when I feel these things, my body's trying to tell me something, 
Now what do I do when I still need to show up as I'm experiencing that? Because let's be honest, a lot of us are running our own businesses and sometimes you have to show up even if you don't feel your best. So like what are the tools that you need to put together for your unique situation to do that versus mentally beating yourself up for not not being able to be quote unquote productive every single day, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of this relationship with ourselves where a lot of that has to start. Um, for us to really effectively get into like the actual health intervention, health strategy side of things. Because we can't do that if you're not listening to what your body's trying to tell you, if your body's not feeling safe, if you're not like loving yourself, positive self-talk, all of that sort of thing. Yeah. So with all that to be said, are there main issues that people do come to or do they tend to be various, you know, grab bag full of things due to you diving deeper with them, figuring out the one or two main culprits in there? Or does it seem to be like a grab bag of, of kind of the same things for all women? Yeah, I would say the symptoms can tend to be a grab bag. Just a lot of different things. But really, when we look at, OK, what are the what are the couple common threads that can contribute to all these things? A big one is state of their gut health. What's actually going on with the gut? Another one is what's happening with hormones. Do they have enough? Are they actually working? Gut health, hormone health. And the last one really is like inflammation, like low level ongoing inflammation that is like it's really insidious. It kind of creeps up on you. Not enough to be like, oh, my hand is giant and swollen. It's super inflamed. But when we kind of look at all the symptoms together, pairing it with their lab work, they have this inflammation in their body that is really showing up everywhere, how they think, how they act, their ability to focus so those are kind of the three main buckets that I would say like 90% of the women I work with have to kind of peel back and start looking at and optimizing them. Yeah, that sounds like me. I am 42 and I finally went and had my hormones tested uh, by a naturopath myself. And I was surprised to find that my progesterone and my estrogen came back fairly normal, but I was really low with testosterone. And just from the little knowledge that I have, I thought the amount of working out I was doing and eating fairly properly was going to keep my testosterone raised and 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 at the level so that was the last thing I thought he'd come back and say. So you know to get into that is there is it do you sometimes are you sometimes surprised by the results that you get when you run lab tests on people when based on symptoms because it was simple things like feeling tired, feeling a little brain fog, unable to focus. I've struggled with acne my whole life and around the age of thirty five had an esthetician say, oh, that looks like dairy. You should cut dairy out. And I remember thinking, I don't take, I don't eat that much dairy, but I cut it out and my face cleared up. So it did, it never bothered me as far as physical, but, you know, some people like literally can't eat it. And I, I would think to myself, if my face was looking like this on the outside, like what is going on on the inside? What is the dairy doing to the inside of my body? So, but all, it probably goes back to my gut. Like had I had proper gut health, maybe I could eat the dairy. I don't know. I don't know enough about all of that. Yeah. And that out, I think, is a big confusing topic for a lot of people. And a lot of people say, like, oh, I have these food sensitivities. I have these food restrictions. And we forget that, like, those are not root causes. Like, they might be contributing to something like acne, like bloating, but they're symptoms of a deeper issue. So when someone comes to me and they're like, yeah, I, ha I already know what the root cause is, right? I have all these food sensitivities. It causes all my issues. And I'm like, that's not the cause. Like, what causes the food sensitivities? okay, well, gut health is not great. We have a, a gut lining that's letting things in and out. There's inflammation. 
digestion isn't breaking things down properly. And then there's another layer deeper than that. Like, why is the gut not working? Right? Is it that there is an imbalance in the bacteria? Do we have poorly managed stress? What's the nervous system doing? Is there unresolved trauma? So it's like an onion peeling back all of these layers one by one. If you if you want to like really thrive, right? Because there's getting rid of symptoms and then there's experiencing the vitality of like, yeah, I feel really good most days. Like that's an amazing feeling. Yeah. So, okay. Well, you said something very quickly earlier that I wanted to like have you repeat again. You said as women, we are four different people throughout a month. And I just, for anyone who has a partner in their life that is not a female, I think you just need to play that teeny little bit back for them just so they can kind of gas, grasp some understanding because literally we are, we are literally, maybe there's, maybe there's more than four of us in there, but at any given time, there are four different versions of us that can come out each and every week throughout the month. And I, I don't understand why this is not taught. I don't understand why we are not pulled aside in school and at least given a, a, a small course on this or a class of some level to where we can understand that. But then also, I think everyone else should get that course to understand women better, too, because in all fairness, if we could all work according to our cycle, the power we would have. You know what I mean? Because we're not all on the same page, right? Everyone's got different cycles, different things going on. Um, so can you speak to like what weeks are best served for what? Are, are we all different or is there kind of like an ebb and flow to it that's like pretty common? Yeah, there's a there's definitely a common ebb and flow and it's. I, I agree with you. I wish women and men were taught this for many reasons. Like I, I even like when I think about my various educational pursuits, like I, I really didn't even learn this in different grad programs. Like we learn the very basics of hormone cycles, things like that, but not this concept of, oh, if if her hormones are changing so much over the month, why are we making her do the same thing every single day? And like, I, I don't know, call it what you will, like a little bit of a patriarchal influence in our society that it's definitely created a little bit more for a man's physiology than for a woman's. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about being a female entrepreneur running your own business is you can start to shift to get this better sense of work-life alignment based on your hormones. Because I think also a lot of women, we we kind of been, whether consciously or unconsciously taught that like our hormones are bad and periods are bad and it's disgusting and it's a weakness and all these other things. And it, it's actually not. It's all really cool. So the only caveat to this, I will say, is if like you're on hormonal birth control, unfortunately, this part of the conversation doesn't really apply to you mm. because you're, you know, no ovulation. You're not getting this hormone ebb and flow. So a little bit of a different story. But for those who are on like a non-hormonal birth control or you have a natural cycle, um, this is kind of what we're talking about, these fluctuating hormones. So you definitely do have kind of superpowers that go with each one and also areas that you may need to prioritize a little more rest and self-care versus like really pushing yourself. So when we start out in our cycle, like we'll say day one is when you start to bleed the start of your period. For some women, this is like three, four days. For some women, it may be like seven days. You know, this normal cycle can technically be like 25 to 35 days or something like that. Like there's a lot of variation here. It's not always a perfect 28 day cycle. But actually, when we are bleeding as women, we are actually at our all time high when it comes to our intuition. We are literally wired to look inward, self reflect, listen to those inner nudges about what's working, what's not working. Am I on the right path? 
they're actually in like a lot of tribal cultures. There's this concept of the red tent. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but the red tent. Yeah, the red tent was actually a, a lot of women before the modern days. They were kind of all synced up with the moon cycle when it came to their bleed weeks. And when they were bleeding, they would go to this red tent. And it's not a place that like they're outcast to like, oh, they're bleeding, go to the red tent. It was actually a place where the whole tribe came together because they recognized that when women were bleeding, they had these higher intuitive powers and they were really better to better able to make decisions about what they needed to do in terms of resource allocation, tribal relationships, everything like that. So we really are good at knowing what decisions are best for us during that time. Whereas physically, like we are physically, we don't necessarily have the hormone manpower to like be out doing a thousand things. Like most women get this inner knowledge that they do kind of want to slow down for a little bit. They they may not feel super social just because our hormones are a little bit lower during that phase. And it's so we take that time to look inward, be reflection. So in terms of what you can do for your business here, this is a great time to kind of like do a monthly reflection. Like what worked last month? What didn't work? Are you feeling good about what you have planned? Does it feel aligned with your vision for yourself and your business? Great time to tap into that. So that's first phase. After we bleed, we're kind of moving into this phase called the follicular phase. And that runs through like, it's a little overlap with when you bleed, but it goes pretty much right up to the midpoint of your cycle when a woman ovulates. And follicular phase is when most women feel pretty good, like good energy. We feel outgoing. We feel strong. We can get a lot of shit done. Like we don't tend to, we, we tend to be better able to handle stress during this time. We don't feel like it takes us out as much. You know, estrogen is kind of the star of the show during this phase. So really, this is when your creative superpower is shining bright. So great time for like content creation, dreaming up workshops, great time for networking with other people, great time to step into leadership roles in your business, in your company, in your community, because you you feel good. You have that better ability to handle stress. Generally, if I look at my schedule, I will try and pack it a little more in the first half of my cycle compared to my second for that reason. After that, you move into ovulation, which is just a couple of days somewhere around the midpoint of your cycle usually. And ovulation is a really cool phase because your power here is you're super magnetic. Like you are glowing, you are outgoing, you feel so good and everybody else knows that and wants to be around you too. So if you've never gotten to experience ovulation, like it's worth trying for a while because really when we look at how to leverage this for our business, like getting up on stage, doing a launch, big meeting, asking for a raise, like huge networking event. You're really wired to do that very well. You're you're wired to put your energy outward and kind of do things for yourself that way. We have a lot of hormones peaking during this time. So we tend to also feel pretty strong, pretty good physically as well. Great time if you're like an athlete to, to go for a PR in your lift or something else like that as well. And so last phase after ovulation, we move into the luteal phase, which is pretty much the end of your cycle leading right up to your next period. This tends to be the phase that gets a bad rep because it's when a lot of women who do experience hormone dysfunction start to experience things like PMS, like not feeling so great. But in reality, this phase is really cool if you have a healthy hormone flow. Now a hormone called progesterone is the star of the show. Progesterone actually helps us feel more of a sense of calm. 
It helps us come a little more inward. And while we might not feel as outgoing and have that creativity thriving as much as we did in the first half of our cycle, we are really good at getting shit done. So all of those plans and things you put together early on, now's the time to take action. Luteal phase is a big brain phase. So it's a great time to do like learning, go into those courses, listen to podcasts, integrate information. And that progesterone we need for good sleep. And it helps you integrate all that information that you're learning. The other thing about this last phase is that in the second half of our cycle, we are not wired to handle stress quite as well. So this is typically the time that women need to make more of an effort for a little more self-care, a little more restorative time throughout their days. So I find a lot of people in that last week leading up to their cycle that they're beating themselves up because they're like, I don't know why I'm just not being productive this week. Like, I just feel like I can't do anything. My brain's hopping everywhere because they're trying to stay in those tasks that they thrive in earlier in their cycle, not where they're at right now. So you can kind of see, you know, even if you have to rewind and listen to those again, very different strengths and weaknesses over the course of a cycle. So having the same exact routine every day might actually not set you up for success. You might need to have a little flexibility there to give your body what it needs while you're checking off the boxes on your you know, work to-do list. Wow. I took so many notes and you definitely should rewind this and play it back one degree slower so you can take some notes if you didn't already. I, I already, first thing I wrote down was take the week off of podcasting before my period because I, I feel like that and that's this week right now because it's the fifth. Yep. I should start on the eighth or ninth. And it's interesting because I think I have a shorter cycle, like a 28 day versus I used to be like 31. And so I, I stopped kind of paying attention, you know, because it would creep a couple days up every month. And y yes, you're right. Like you do want to be even even going for the walk this morning. It was like I had to pull out all my tools in order to get my head in the game. And I was, you know, Okay, listen to the podcast, get in a better mood. Like, luckily, you know, if you if you're doing some of the work, you know what those non-negotiables are to get you where you need to, to keep pressing on because some days you have to just get the shit done. But now stepping fully into entrepreneurship and and putting my own schedule together, I can do this. And I think it's it's so funny because it takes me all the way back to when I was behind the chair and I had my son and it was he was probably around one or two at this point. So obviously back my cycles back and I was missing all the things on Saturdays with him because I had to go to the salon. And I remember my mom one day, because she was the one who got to have him, being like, well, are you your own boss? Can't you change your schedule? And I was like, oh, I could never take Saturdays off. And finally, I got to a point where I didn't want to miss those things anymore. So the pain of not being around him on those days, I switched my schedule. And it just made me such a better hairdresser during the week. It made me a better mom on the weekends. And I could separate things based off of just like what I needed to do. So why would this be any different? This is almost more important because if you are creative or if you are, you know, <clears throat> needing to show up creatively a certain week, if you want to get more shit done on certain weeks, like knowing when your superpowers are out, like what a key to unlocking like your greatness for goodness sake. Like, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I just read Lewis's house book, The Greatness Mindset. Mm -hmm. And again, from a, a male's perspective, men and women, we are very similar to some degree. But at the end of the day, like if Women, I believe, are far harder on themselves at times on the regular. And we expect so much from ourselves. And we are our own worst critic day in and day out. You know, we talk about self-love and self-care and all that shit. But 
at the end of the day, we could talk about it. But if you aren't actually doing it, if you are actually finding ways to support yourself, which is why I wanted to have this conversation so bad on the podcast was because there are our actual, we just went over every single phase. There are actual times where you can question if it's the week that you're supposed to be in your superpower phase and you're not feeling like that, there's a reason. And that's when you have deeper conversations with someone like Dr. Laura around the issues that might actually be causing the, the, the things to be off. But if you looked at the schedule and you could see, oh, wow, this makes sense. No wonder why I'm feeling tired. No wonder why I can't focus this week. How much more grace would we just be able to give ourselves and say, oh my gosh, next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this stuff to next week because next week I am going to be on fire and I'm so excited about it. And this week, what do I need? I'm going to take the time, go for the walk, take the bath, say no to anything that people are asking me to do if I can and go hard next week. And I think would we give ourselves permission to follow that suit of, you know, once you know, you now know if you're listening, you know better now. You got to do better for yourself. And not only will it help you, but I was even thinking about Kai. Like he he did there said something last night and I totally snapped at him. And I was like, where did that come from? Why am I being, why is he bothering me tonight more than usual? And again, looked at the calendar. That made sense. So having the grace of like educating yourself for one, is so empowering. And two, I love how you spun that into both life and business stuff because it's true. Most of us, if you're listening, have some sort of business, whether you work behind the chair still and you're in the beauty industry or you see someone face to face, or even if you're in corporate, you're dealing with people. And so if you could somehow finagle your schedule to support these phases, man, if you're having any success in life now, just imagine how much you could 10x, you know, how you're showing up and how you're really feeling about everything. I love all this. Thank you so much for like breaking those all down the way that you did. Yeah, yeah of course. And it's, it's like I said, if you can make the plans to live in alignment with that, it's great with also the knowledge that like, okay, also understanding it's that last week before my period. I have some things on the calendar I can't change. I have to show up for. But now I know this is what's happening with my hormones. I know that I'm not quite as able to handle stress as well. So I know the extra things I need to do now to make sure I can still show up. And they're specific to what those hormonal shifts are. Right. And for me, top of mind is like, if I know that's a week I'm typically going to be off, I probably am I'm not going to let myself have wine that week because I'm already feeling in that bluesy, frustrated mode. But like last night, I went and had a glass of wine because I was like, oh, you're on edge. Take the edge off. Like, <laughs> The, the quick numb, right? And I, I'm, I'm not too bad. I have like a half a glass and like I don't go to town. But I also could have done a bubble bath or I could have done a walk or I could have done anything else besides drink alcohol. And I think we are so accustomed to these quick fixes of like, oh, I have a slight headache. Take some Advil. You know, rather than like, what am I missing? Did I not eat? Did I not have protein today? Have I not drink enough water? You know, we it's so easy just to have the quick fixes around. And I'm not knocking that because sometimes that's what you got to do. But at the end of the day, if there can just be a little bit more responsibility on each one of our own parts, you're just going to show up so much better, obviously, for yourself, but for your family and for the people that you serve. And, you know, if you, again, listen to this show, you probably are someone who wants to make an impact in the world and you don't want that version of yourself out there. And you don't want to be using things to numb out like Netflix or social media or wine or alcohol or in, in any form or drugs to, to, to do that for you. All that stuff's fine. If you're using it with a clear head, right? Like, oh, it's my time to chill out. It's my week to veg out and relax. I'm having my wine and my Netflix. It's a whole nother thing to use those things as a way to numb and to then feel later worse about the way you were already feeling. 
So you also speak to helping people kind of rebuild their metabolism, which is something I know if you're even in your mid to late 30s, you're starting to notice things have shifted and changed. And I remember as a personal trainer, when I was younger, my clients who were a little bit older than me complaining that around 35, 36, 37, it was like that extra five pounds just appeared out of nowhere. And they felt like they were doing the same things, but they weren't getting the same results. And I kind of laughed like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it happened to me. And it happened to me again at 40. And I was like, okay, wait, if we go at this rate, like by the time I'm 60, I'm going to have 25 extra pounds. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be feeling good. So can we speak to what is actually happening with our metabolisms and what are some things that we can do to start to like regulate that or feel better in that regard? Yeah. And like, spoiler alert, hormones are a big part of this, right? But when we think about metabolism, I think, I think so many women just think, about metabolism in terms of, oh, is it fast or slow? It's all about like eating and exercising. And that's part of it. But like those models of your metabolism being based on just calories in and then exercise calories out, those are dependent on a healthy cellular metabolism, meaning the health of your cells, what things on the inside are doing, how are your little like pieces of your cells that make energy doing, are your hormones working? Like it's dependent on an optimal underlying system. And in today's world, that is often not the case. So like step one with that is, I think for a lot of it, for women in their 30s and even early 40s is now just like things we've been doing for the last couple decades, they've been slowly building up and like we can't raise our tolerance level for them anymore. So things are just catching up, whether that's inflammation in the body, whether that's the impact of stress. Right now we're looking at women in their 30s and 40s who also tend to have the highest amounts of stress because they're career building, they're raising families. There's a lot more roles than when they were in their 20s or even when they're retired. So completely different lifestyle in those decades of life, first and foremost. Fair. And then fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of, you know, looking at all the habits building up. And then as we talk about all these beautiful hormonal cycle changes, well, now in your late 30s, 40s, early 50s, this is the window where perimenopause actually starts. And I think a lot of women don't understand that. They think it's just normal cycle and then menopause hits. And really perimenopause can happen like 10, 12 years before that. And really what this looks like is hormones starting to change again. Maybe your cycle starts getting a little bit shorter, a little bit longer. Maybe you're not ovulating every time. But one of the other big factors that I think is really related to that little bit of weight gain that comes into play here is our our insulin sensitivity starts to change with those. We tend to to not be balancing our blood sugar as well as we did when we were younger. So we have to shift, make little shifts in how we work out and how we eat and really prioritize effectively managing our stress and, and sleeping well so that we can actually get the benefits of those workouts. Um, it's not uncommon to meet a woman in her late 30s, early 40s who's not sleeping well, super high stressed, continues to lower her calories because she's trying to offset this this little bit of a weight gain. But all of those things are adding more stress to her body. And if your body's stressed, it, it's going to try and keep you safe. And it does that by holding on to weight. So instead of hating our body for that, let's like, OK, thank you for keeping me safe during all of these stressors that are going on right now. But what do I need to do to change? And that kind of looks like, okay, maybe now I really need to focus on protein intake and building muscle because we start to lose that as we age as women. And it's super important for metabolism and metabolic health. Maybe I need to make sure that I'm having protein and fat and a fiber at my meals to keep that blood sugar balance healthy 
so that I'm not, you know, going up and down with these energy swings and crashes all day. Maybe I really need to prioritize sleep and restorative movement, even if that means skipping the super early workouts some mornings. So shifting what that routine looks like to kind of match what your lifestyle looks like now. So it's it's just a different ball game. And I think we we again as women, you mentioned this earlier, like we tend to be really hard on ourselves and we're like, what are we doing wrong? I, I just must not be trying hard enough. I have to I have to diet harder. I have to work out harder. And a lot of the times it's actually the opposite. It's like you need to rest harder and you need to eat, eat harder. Like you need to nourish your body and let it rest and reset and do what it needs to do. Yeah. Oh, such good points. And I feel like I can go back to my competitive bodybuilding days where I remember getting the meal plan thinking that is so much food. And that was one of the the biggest lessons I learned was, you know, in order for your metabolism to keep running, you have to feed it. You have to fuel it with the right things. And so often it was eating way more than I was ever eating before and thinking, how am I going to lose weight eating more? But it was eating more of the right things to, to sustain and to help support the muscle growth that was going on. And it was crazy to see the body composition and how it can change. You know, I could be the same exact weight, but look 20 pounds lighter just by changing that fat ratio to building more muscle. And so yeah. it's interesting because I, I, I've i thought to myself, what did you used to do that was creating the results that you wanted? Like, how were you feeling when you were training this way? And how were you feeling when you were eating this way? And so I actually just recently signed back up with a personal trainer to help get me back to, because we can forget, you know, what we used to do. We can think we're doing the same thing, but often we like cut corners or we're like, oh, I, I'm, I am sleeping just as much as I used to, but you're not. Or I am eating the way I used to, but you're not. And you're not paying attention to, like you said, all the extra added stuff that you've probably put on your plate. Maybe your kids are older and require more of you. Maybe you're in a different season. Like we were talking about at the beginning, you're switching identity roles and there's more coming at you than ever before. Yeah, all of that is a huge factor. And, and it seems so simple. Even just hearing you talk about it, you probably laugh at half the stuff that you help people have light bulb moments on you're like right see it wasn't that complicated but we as humans and women especially we love to overcomplicate the process of things and you know we always want to have answers before we're willing to try something so trust if you are relating to anything that she is sharing there's plenty of resources that she has for you to tap into for first of all go follow Dr. Laura on Instagram, but I know you are doing so much more than just hanging out on Instagram. Can you share with us how people could connect with you? And if this is something we're like, holy shit, I definitely need some more handholding. I definitely need to be in a community where I can have these kind of conversations. Where can they Where can they get some of that? Yeah. So I had a lot of, won't talk about those transitional moments. I had a lot of internal moments of frustration last year where I was like, man, I really want women to normalize these conversations more. Like, like, I, I love nothing more than when I get a message from someone who scheduled a meeting with me and they're like, hey, can we move this to next week? Because I'm getting my period and I know that I'm not going to want to jump on a meeting. I'm like, I love you for saying that. Like, this is a normal conversation. Like, there should be no shame associated with with these things. Right. So I spent a lot of last year kind of dreaming up, like, how do I form that community where we can learn about these things first and foremost? And then have a space where we can talk to other women who are like right there with us in the trenches, swap ideas. Hey, this is working for me. I, this is great. So that's what I did. <laughs> so I created something called Her Wellness Vault, which is kind of like a choose your own adventure hybrid health membership. So there's tons of different like time efficient 
mini courses and workshops and like self-led protocols, depending on, you know, maybe you want to visit the gut health hub or the hormone cycle syncing hub or the fat loss hub. You do it on your time when it's convenient for you. And you can pop in and ask me questions whenever you need to. But the best part is there's other women just like you in there. And they're they're talking about their own struggles with figuring out their hormones, with setting boundaries for themselves so that they can prioritize their health, who are recovering from, you know, other health issues, who are, you know, figuring out how to show up as their best self in their business by prioritizing their health. So there's this cool layer of other conversations of people who are not health experts, but they prioritize their health as part of their personal development journey, as part of their business journey. Uh, so it's been really fun. We opened doors to that in January. It's been really fun connecting with the women who have come in so far. So I would love for anyone who this conversation is deeply resonating for for you to come check it out and join us. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for spending time with us and having these conversations that obviously need to be had a little bit more so we can understand this. I am going to get off of this call and go through my entire schedule and reconfigure the weeks that I take podcast guests because... I don't want to struggle with a morning like I did this morning if I don't have to. I'd rather look forward to the week where I know I'm, that's how I'm going to feel. And that's when I scheduled the mani-pedi. That's when I scheduled the sleep-in. That's when I schedule yoga with my girlfriend. Because I can do that if I don't do it on the weeks where I'm going to be highly productive and creative and allow myself to go all in on those weeks. So thank you for that gift. I'm taking that today. And I hope you listening found something of high value in today's episode because it really was that good. And if you have a girlfriend or a friend, or a mother, or sister, or client, or a partner, anybody who you know who needs to have this conversation brought to light, please send them this episode. Tag us on social with some of your takeaways. And let's start normalizing this conversation, shall we? Because I want to be able to say, hey, I can't come because it's the wrong time of the month and be totally normal. So if we all make a pact that we're going to start to try to normalize this, get in community with other people who are going through the same sort of similar issues that you might be struggling with is the best way, the easiest way, the most fun way to address issues and stop avoiding the things that are keeping you stuck or keeping you feeling like you're you're not your best self because there are solutions. And and thank you to people like you who are creating those safe spaces for us to come hang out in. So yeah, I feel like I could just ask you like a bazillion questions. So I, I need to come join the community because I want to I want to have more conversation around this. But thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was this was so much fun. I love talking about this stuff. I can tell. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This is your friendly reminder that if a podcast is on your heart to create, we got you, boo. We created Media Unscripted to take the guesswork out of starting, launching, and growing your podcast. I knew I had to create something that I wish existed three years ago when I started the show, which, by the way, had a different name. What does that mean for you? Simply put, you don't have to have it all figured out before you start. We help take the guesswork out of launching your show and creating meaningful content that adds value. A podcast can be your main source of content that not only helps you build an audience, but connects you deeper to your community. Go to MediaUnscripted.com to learn more. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love.